and welcome back to uh, yet another exciting episode of the TOVG podcast. Uh, here on this week, we've got Jimmy, Jordan, and Matt here to uh, talk about some very confusing, bitter news stories, an absolute roller coaster of news stories after we uh, first catch up on, on what games we've been playing this week. Um, so I guess uh, I'll I'll start us off with Matt because I think I I think I know Uh-oh. at least one thing you've been playing this week, and I can't Uh-oh. wait to pick your brain about it. Uh, oh, uh, okay. So um, mm. <laughs> I I didn't notice that we had we had people listening on Twitter as well. I, I keep getting tweets out like, "Oh, you make sure you talk about that on TLVG podcast." I'm like, <laughs> you, I sure will. Yes. Um, <laughs> Conquer's big reunion. I played oh, it and finished no. it. All right. Oh, no. So for people who don't what? know, uh, uh, Project Spark made Conquer right um, okay. in their engine, Whoa. and they are right. charging five dollars. Five. Okay. You can go. You can go and get a Happy Meal. Okay. You can do a lot of things with five dollars. Right. You should not buy Conquer for five dollars. What you is can buy Super Meat Boy for five dollars? Yes. So wait, uh, I, what is Conker's? Uh, you're not bullshitting us, right? No, this no, that, it's this it's, is that thing that we watched the trailer for like a month ago. Remember? Yeah, it looked like a new game. Uh-huh. No, it was it's bad. Built into Project Smart. Project Smart. <laughs> George thought I was going to say The Witcher Two. Which I have to, um, completed, <laughs> well, but I, you know, I, I, I threw a curveball and he missed it. He shook out. I, but now I'm invested because okay. I thought Conker's big reunion was, I mean, I, I didn't have my hopes up that it was going to be good, but I thought I mean, it was at least a video game. Oh. <laughs> but you say it's like a DLC thing for Project Spark. Oh, you didn't know it was being built in Project Spark? Yeah. That's that was the they main. They say thing. that in the trailer, and that's like all I've seen. Y- yeah, yeah, it said it in the trailer. Yeah, they just showed the little blue sparky thing. That's not like confirmation. That's not. No, one. They, we they talked had, about it too, dude. They they said <laughs> it has the whole Project Spark like okay. like spread flash logo in right, front fi- of it. Fine, let's pretend it said that. That doesn't. That, okay, but d- right. what what, do you, what does your five dollars get you, Matt? Let, let, that's I'll okay. put it that way. Uh, all right, this is right. like here we go PG thirteen. Okay. Okay. All right. The okay. Lots of fart jokes. Lots of peeing. Uh, right. Um, like what nothing. is is it? It is it is it an adventure? Is it just the conquer model? Is it a, a pack of levels you platform through? Apparent. Is is it a campaign? It's a very short story. Oh, okay. not even a story. I wouldn't even call this a story. So, okay, you start off with you waking up drunk, right? Kind of like the first one. Uh, I mean, right. Bat will. Uh, Bat for a day was the first one, right? I'm not sure, but what you're saying is starting off by referencing a good game. Technically, he was in Diddy Kong Racing first before they decided to uh, kind of change the brand halfway through his his platformer project to uh, change change the marketing. I made a video just like showing my experience with the game, Um, and it it wasn't good. Um, Because uh, it starts off with you drunk and you talking to Birdie. Um, and he has a, you know, his little low voice, you know, like usually mm-hmm. how he does. And you're walking around with a sensor bar around your lower parts. Um, oh, no. And um, it it kind of goes off 
in the cutscene too, like it kind of glitches. So you can see mm-hmm. like it's messing up. Like they're trying to do conquer inside of this game, but it's not working quite well. So there's a oh, point no. where the sensor bar is away from them, and I'm like, I like look, look at this, look at this. This is so bad. Uh, it's not, <laughs> it's not polished, not even in the slightest. Okay, um, I've ran into so many glitches, and even one that broke the game. The frame rate is crap, of course, obviously. Um, I was mm-hmm. playing it on Xbox One, though, because I refused to upgrade to 8. I'll wait until 10 comes out. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm watching a little bit of your video yeah. right now. Yeah, you're, you're just watching, you're going to see the, the mess-ups. Um, so you start off with that, and, of course, you got the, the holy B button thing that you sit on, and it gives you exactly what you need. Um, right. And uh, you you get sober, and then you, you they teach you how to the fly in the air. You know that whole Sonic Tails flying move when he does with his tail. Um, right. Then you're you you have to go to the uh, the was it the cock and plucker, and you have a tab of three hundred dollars. Okay, so and Birdie says so you have to pay off your tab. The cost of an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, and then he he slides in the joke of you can get the three hundred dollars through microtransactions. He actually mm. made that joke. Okay, okay. My, and he's like, "What microtransactions?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, this is bad. This is the type of joke. This is whoever wrote this was like, it's it probably never wrote anything. He was just." Right, he, he, he's using like video game references like uh, there's there's a part where barrels are coming down and yeah. he's like oh wh- where are these barrels coming from maybe a a, a, a a ape is throwing them and I'm like uh super solid it's a good joke yeah and I'm like uh, okay the video game references is, is it's it's old man you gotta actually make unique jokes now I think that time yeah, is past. Um, and then he goes on to talk about like oh where we need a plumber after he goes up the stairs and passes the the barrels and I'm like ah oh. that doesn't even sound like like that doesn't even sound like a punchline that just sounds like a, an, a statement at this point yeah I'm, I'm watching I'm watching footage of it and it looks like a game. It looks terrible. It, what it looks it, like. All right, all right, all right. Let, let me, like, let me like speed there's through. There's a jump button. So you have to go what through. What the th- hell just happened? I'm watching the video and like the I boss flew, like flew hits you with air. his fist and you like glitched into the air. And yeah. Around. Like what? That type of stuff happens. Um, there was a part where... It, so there's three sections. Each section uh-huh. gives you a hundred dollars. Uh, that okay. section that you're watching now with the boss is like the first one where you have this whole first person um, shootout with the the teddies, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's so boring. It's so long. Like it takes you about three, four, five. Like I don't know. It takes you a very long time. You start to notice that you're just shooting. You're just trying to mm-hmm. aim and shoot, aim and shoot. That's it. That's all that you do. You just mm-hmm. move and press one trigger. And it gets so long and drawn out. Like, the whole game is just so, like, a mess. Just, mm-hmm. like, such a cash-in. And I, no one's covering it. So, I, it, there's no way that it's selling well. 
yeah. uh, for yeah. this cash. Like, and, I, I and I hope it doesn't because flabbergasted. It's. I also like these these huge like speech bubbles that are like Photoshop defaults, <laughs> like the, the like default shape of a speech bubble that just like hover near you, and they have like aerial black text in them. Yeah, it's not like, like the original Conquer had speech bubbles too. So, but these I don't know. Like I haven't played it, but. Did they look that bad? Because I'm pretty sure well, they had the little like okay. embossing <laughs> shading to them. They, they, yeah, they like had it, style, which these, these don't. Are, yeah. These are just white shapes. This is like, this is like it's just a shape. I mean, like, I, I could crap on this all day. I, I mean, it it it's it's a they're they're ban- they, they're clearly banking on a nostalgia for this. Like this is this is just like one of those community. It felt like. A community member made it and like mm-hmm. oh look what i can do in project spark you know right. nothing something you get for free not something you pay five dollars for and right. you know you're gonna spend even more money getting the the community pack that gives you all these stuff that you can mess with in the world and make your own conquer adventure blah blah uh-huh. blah blah which they try to sell you as well and more coming soon um th- there's yeah. a section where the game breaks entirely where you, you you're in the barrel and he's like oh you're gonna like this george he's gonna say oh did they run out of cardboard boxes this is a, <laughs> for this, yeah, for this stealth section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, that's cute. In the most monotone, it's, uh, th- what happens is two of the teddies, they don't, the, you know the classic, oh, they have, they have two places that they patrol, this place mm-hmm. and that place. They get yeah. stuck. They oh. get stuck and you can't pass them. Great. So I had to glitch through them, and somehow I made it after, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. I just, like, ran through them until somehow I got through without them seeing me, and I ran mm-hmm. right past them, and it, it just didn't activate because of Project Spark. This engine does, clearly does not work properly. I, I <laughs> You know, it, it, they're trying like, to show I, off just... what they can do with it, and it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty bad. Um, sh- yeah. If you guys, if if any of you guys liked it, you know, and you played the original Conquer, then you you know it's probably like, oh, cool, it's nice to see it in original graphics or something. But I mean, the re- the original Conquer, like, there's nothing good about this, is what I'm trying to say. There's nothing good about this. Right. Even the graphics are fine. You play it on an emulator or even on the original. You know the original N sixty four, and you'd be fine. Like it's, oh, no, it's not... one of the best looking games on the N sixty four. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. That like, expansion pack, yo. You're not getting anything <laughs> from this. Uh, yeah. You got more from nuts and bolts than you got from you know for a Benjik Benjikazuya game. I'm, I'm, I'm just having this. like a hard enough of a time even comprehending what <laughs> this is. So like, I... it's it's a fu- like they tried to make a little miniature. Conquer's Bad Fur Day tribute game inside of another game and that game was a game maker game so your five dollars buys you a game made for your game maker game based off of another (laughs) game the uh, beloved neglected franchise that's really confusing yeah that's Alex, really I, this weird. is totally unrelated but speaking of nuts and bolts was i the only person who when i bought that game 
couldn't read anything in the speech bubbles because it was made only for like massive widescreen televisions and they didn't come out <laughs> with a patch for like years or maybe they There's came out with it months no later. way you were the only one no no i heard I, I mean, a couple reviewers talk about it yeah i i was fine um but i actually I actually like Bats and Bolts. No, so. I like it too. No, no, like, no it wasn't bad. It. I'm just saying it as a Banjo-Kazooie game, they kind of tacked it on there. It was one of the most disappointing yeah. games of all time, but it's one of those few games that it defies if genre, it and it's its own thing, and it's kind of right, cool. It, it's one of those, like, if it wasn't attached to a thing... Exactly. Like, if it wasn't attached to an IP, this would just be a fine game on its own. Right, yeah. exactly. And this should have been a free game. Conqueror should have been yeah. a free little community game to get people to come over and play your your Project Spark system, which is is cool and easy to to mess with. Like they force you to go through the tutorial in order. <laughs> I have all I have like forty minutes of footage of me going through the tutorial, and mm. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna even like. I'm just like raging at the it game. Essentially, as they sounds force like a me. fan game. Like Project <laughs> Spark itself is is. A weird concept to begin with. That I, I, I'm so confused by everything in the world. Yeah, this is. D there's like certain times where you're trying to double jump and it doesn't work properly and you end up mm -hmm. dying because of it. Like, I, I had to cut some of the stuff out because this is like, no, I can't show this game in such a horrendous light. Like, it's. Some of the like, I I'm unsure if it could even be patched out, you know, because Damn. they have to go inside of the of their own game maker. The game was inside the game and fix it somehow, and probably fix the game in order to fix conquer. If that and makes any like, sense, really, how much deep down engine tinkering and reprogramming and engineering can you do to a consumer friendly babby's first game maker thing which is what project spark kind of sort of is it's like it's trying to make uh, a little big planet for pc but little big planet can at least be a solid platformer when it's not some crazy meta gaming bullshit <laughs> whereas project spark begins as the crazy meta gaming bullshit <laughs> yeah i uh, i don't i i can't i I can't say anything really good about it. Like I, I liked punching the balls of the teddy in the boss battle. That's pretty much, that's pretty much where I get all my joy from. Bullet point yeah. on the box. It's like I a like classic punching the balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's punch balls. Punch balls. We're going upstairs. Punch balls. We're going. <laughs> Did I just that take reference. it back way too far? Oh, that's ancient. Jimmy, what you been up to? Um. Well, mostly moving my apartment uh, into the new apartment that I'm currently in right now, not the office. It's so weird um, to hear reception to people talking about moving because you're like, I, you you don't know if you should go, oh, that sucks or oh, that's awesome. Cause well, it's like, I mean, like, yeah, no, I get that. It's it's definitely both. It's <laughs> like the moving once. days sucked. Like, yeah, it I sucks. mean, I, I transported like hundreds of pounds of like our stupid very hardwood furniture up and downstairs oh, all day no. 
Yeah. But, but it must like, be yeah. awesome once they're finally there in your cool new place. Yeah, I mean, like, now that we're in here, uh, the place is really great. It's better than the other place. And um, the funny thing is, all of my game consoles are still packed up, and our TV's not even plugged in. So, like, what I've been playing is, which is, it's weird Life? to say this, Pokemon Ru or Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Oh. That sounds really great, actually. Yeah, I, 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 like, I love how the first thing that gets unpacked <laughs> is the computer and the Pokemans. Well, the computer was out of necessity because I had to reset up my Wi-Fi connection mm -hmm. uh, so that we can use it on our phones and such. Um, but yeah, like, I, I fell out of... I, I like, played... Uh, Alpha Sapphire for like four hours when it came out. Mm, those are and, like, so good. I couldn't get like dragged into it like I did with X and Y. And so I stopped playing it and then I played Monster Hunter for like the rest of eternity. And then like now I haven't played Monster Hunter in two weeks and I just kind of picked up Alpha Sapphire in a whim and I've been like steadily just like relaxingly pushing through it and I'm actually really excited to, to beat it. It's a like, good Pokemon game. Wait, yeah, Alpha I'm like, Sapphire, I think I'm getting confused about my Pokemon medals again. That's the latest one that came out, It's right? a remake. Um, yeah. But the reason I'm not interested in it, even though I love that game, mm -hmm. is because my favorite thing about Ruby and oh. Sapphire is pretty much the pixel art. Like, that was always my yeah, favorite thing about that's it. That's what I was actually thinking of, because I loved... Yeah. Um, Ruby and Sapphire when I was a kid that was the last one I really got into for me it's well, the best looking Pokemon game of them all yeah I, I would agree <laughs> with you on that like it's definitely very pretty and it's actually funny they uh when you go through the uh there's a lot of like references to that in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire like the start of the game it has like the classic uh Ruby Sapphire Emerald intro that's on like like GBA graphics and it's like Professor Birch and he's talking to you about Pokemon and then it slowly pulls out and that's like a little pocket like like iPhone kind of device that your character oh, is holding cool. and so huh. it's like a message from like Professor Birch 3D. but it's in Game Boy graphics um, and then it they also I thought this was really funny when you go to your Pokedex to like check out like what you've accumulated so far you know, every version has a differently shaped Pokedex, and I, I thought it was really cute. The the one in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire is shaped like a Game Boy Advanced, and they have like all the buttons in the right spots and everything in shoulder buttons. It's so funny. I love how Nintendo's still doing that. Yeah, yeah. I remember like all the games that would come out where you'd have like a little like mini version that was like the current handheld, like right. the Game Boy Horror in Luigi's Mansion or the yeah. There's a lot uh, of examples. Yeah, the uh, the Tingle Tuner in yeah. <laughs> Wind Waker. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been playing, though uh, I was unpacking games from a box to put on uh, one of the shelves, and I was looking at a lot of my Xbox 360 games that I, like, have this sudden urge to play through again. Which so, ones? Like, um, I'm definitely definitely have my eye on Darksiders, which I never finished because I tried playing through on Apocalyptic Difficulty for my first time which was a bad move. Um, uh, Ninja Gaiden 2, which I did not beat because that game gets fucking stupidly hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't finish but, that at all. Uh -uh. <laughs> um, Red Faction, uh, which is Gorilla, mm. the like, really good one. Play better. I'm, I'm like thinking of playing those again once I get everything re-hooked up and stuff. I think, I think you'll be pretty satisfied with all three of those. Well, I definitely know. I know I like Red Faction Guerrilla because I played it a lot 
but I always stop at the same point in my file and then I restart next time I come back and I always stop at the same point and it's like this infinite loop. I've never beaten it. Yeah, and you were talking about how Ninja Gaiden 2 gets really hard later on and I didn't actually play it all the way through. I've just played the first few hours, but I remember the first few hours of that game being super duper fun. This is, uh, just to clarify, this is the, the 3D ones, right? Not the, uh, yeah, the yeah. NES ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. I hate that too. Though how how confusing <laughs> it is to talk about games now that they're oh. thirty years old. Oh, what? Right. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Ninja uh, Gaiden two two thousand eight, I think. Yeah, or was yeah. it seven? Three D ones. Okay, right. The one where he the cover is like him walking with like a big ass scythe yeah. and there's swords in the ground everywhere. And, and you that can one. say that they're the new three D ones, but even then, it's like almost a ten year old game at this point. Right. It's just like the newer old Ninja Gaiden game. Yeah. yeah, that that's like the most confusing one to talk about is Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox. The one that is the first 3D one, but is not the old one, but is like has, not as iconic as the old one. And it has little to nothing to do with the old one. Like, yeah. like, like in the old one, Ryu that completely changed the character design. Yeah. They, the, y- y- you don't have like brawls in, in 80s bars on your way to tracking down <laughs> your the doctor in America. It's, yeah. it's all fantasy bullshit. It's, it's very... Hey, I like very confusing shit. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying it's fine, but it's fantasy, <laughs> so it's bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm, um, I'm just being hyperbolically sarcastic. I really, I really did like <laughs> the original, or I should call it Ninja Gaiden Black, is like the definitive version of that one, mm-hmm. the one that was on Xbox and uh, Ninja Gaiden 2. I really like those. I really like the weapon design. I think that might be my favorite, like, like beat em up hack and slash of that kind of era because the enemies like, aren't sandbags they, yeah, they actually like flip around as fast as you do right i remember very distinctly in ninja gaiden 2 there's a part where you're kind of storming a sort of like it's almost like a like a soviet like war base kind of mm-hmm. i don't know if it's actually like russian or anything but it really really reminds me of like cold war like kind of kind of like weaponry and stuff but there's also like Gundams and those Gundams <laughs> were fucking hard to fight. I just remember dying within like the first twenty seconds of that level over and over because I couldn't fight those stupid like mechs that were everywhere. Ugh, I really, I want to get back into it. Yeah, I I really want to see a first person shooter someday follow that same philosophy where the enemies flip around. Even the starter enemies right. like flip around and move as fast as as you do because that's mm-hmm. that's a certain layer of dynamic challenge that even most games since ninja gaiden one on the xbox not to be confused with ninja gaiden one on the everything in the 80s yeah uh jordan what have you been up to ratchet and clank really Um, yeah (laughs) that is that is that wow (laughs) i've like i mean i'm still working on the grand finale of resident evil month which has gone on for about three months now Um, (laughs) resident evil months yeah pretty much i should have called it resident evil thon or something but uh yeah i've been wanting to make a ratchet and clank video for a long time because like like not only is it more important to me than it is to a lot of people just due to childhood stuff but it's like one of those rare little gems that's not only good on multiple levels, but it's also a game that, like, it makes great franchise fodder. Like, it can theoretically go on forever. And there's a movie coming out this year, apparently. <laughs> Which is so super weird, too, because 
It's it's been like a dead franchise for almost just under ten years. Yeah, so which, which one are you going right through? <laughs> We're gonna watch that. I'm I'm playing the basically just the first one for now, but I kind of want to make a video about its level design in general. So I'm gonna have to play all three. I think <laughs> that's uh, the, the one. It's, it's a weird. I did. Like... Wait, did you? Yeah, yeah, I played all the way through it when I was a kid. I didn't. I only played like uh, the demos of uh, the other games in the series because they eventually they started cranking them out really fast. I know. <laughs> like, um, the like, first one's like my favorite. No way to keep sure. up with them reasonably, mm. unless you have a lot of time on your hands. But yeah, I have I have fond memories of the first one. Actually, I remember it being a great. Damn, damn good-looking early PS2 game, too. But also just some kind of controlling really weird. Like, one of the only third-person automatic aiming shooting systems that actually yeah. works. I was going to say it's another one of those games that defies genre. <laughs> like, um. You're not supposed to be able to accurately shoot at stuff without some kind of manual aim unless you're playing Ratchet and Clank. That's the only thing. It's like in the sequels, you can target things just by holding L, and it's amazing. But I don't know. The first one's designed more like a platformer. It's more about exploration. So it's almost like a spirally kind of Crash Bandicooty. It's everything. I love Ratchet and Clank for so many reasons. <laughs> um, but the thing, like one thing, I was gonna touch on in the video is like, I think I like it more than most people because as a kid, I wasn't exposed to like Star Wars or Star Trek or anything like that. So it was kind of like my first you know like space thing foray. yeah so i obsessed over its planets and i like i used to like stand <laughs> on the levels and just stare at the stars and stuff i don't know it's like probably my closest most loving experience with level design i've ever had as a kid hmm. the levels like mean a lot to me i i, I, I don't remember being for a while yeah, it's, it's I wonder how it holds up because like I remember even back then I I was playing a shitload of PS2 games and not enjoying all of them because um I had the demo discs man oh yeah I also spent my allowance every time I could on on renting games from Blockbuster which is a thing you could do back then and you can't really anymore and it mm -hmm. actually was really good for I guess keeping a constant variety streaming into my life. Yeah. As opposed to playing games all the way through, I kind of enjoyed playing them like halfway through one week and then some other stupid thing another week. I ended up like knowing a lot more, I think, back then about the general landscape of gaming than I do now because it was much more cheaper to sample from it. But anyways, which is the double headed sword because nowadays games to own permanently are much more cheaper. But anyways, yeah. um... Yeah, I, I don't remember really being frustrated at any point in Ratchet and Clank at all, which was weird because the genres it was working with don't seem like they should match up with one another. Mm. Like a, a Mario Rareware-esque <laughs> platformer in space where you also, your, your primary function of combat is, is shooting instead of slapping stuff. You still have that wrench melee attack, if I remember right. But most of the time, you shoot stuff with guns without having, like, an aim the gun <laughs> function. Well, it's, it, it's it, the easiest of the three, first three. Like, they get harder and harder. But that last level, in the, I don't know if you beat it, but the last level was, like, mind-numbingly difficult. Um, I don't remember I am surprised with how like, much it works, though. The, uh, you, also, you know what I find? F 
Wait, what were you going to say? You also had a sonic grind. <laughs> like, you could slide oh. around on poles and stuff and flip from pole to pole, yeah. like, like in SA2. Which is it's like true. just a bunch of weird, disparate elements from all sorts of different genres of, and platformers working together somehow. There's a lot of Rayman things in that game, actually, too. Um, I only know that because I played a lot of the first Rayman growing up. Um, but oh, yeah, I was going to say the Ratchet and Clank. I lost my train of thought. I don't even know. <laughs> Something about Ratchet and Clank. The last level? You're talking about the last level? No? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, like, it's it's funny because, like, not only does it implement a lot of stuff from different games, but it, it really does work. Like, it's so playable. You can just pick up and play it, even though it seems like it should be really complicated. And games don't pull that off very well in the modern day. They try mm-hmm. to, like, shove a lot of different things. Like, take Dark Souls and Bloodborne, for example. Like, it should be simplistic when you think about it, mm-hmm. but it takes a really long time to get the grip on it. And you could say the same for a lot of modern games. Right. I, I really... I, I feel so conflicted about the lack of, of information that the Souls games give you, because... There's a lot of hate for their menu systems and their HUD, but once you figure out what the hell buttons do and what symbols mean, like, it becomes the most simple, easy thing in the world. Right. Like, uh, I I don't know. The only real complaint I have about Bloodborne's HUD is how you lose items in your inventory a lot and have to scroll through them all the time, but it's still divides everything in your entire inventory up like hundreds of items in very eight specific descriptive categories that you can all reach within like the pressing of two buttons right and then you start scrolling but but i it's like elegant but it does not elegantly present itself when you first get used to it at all well, and what I mean by, like, it should be simple is, like, just yeah. take away the RPG elements and Dark Souls plays, or Bloodborne, <laughs> I should say, plays just like Ratchet and Clank. It's the same Which, thing. It's, it's <laughs> funny that there even is an RPG element because it's like a real-time hack-and-slash combat kind of control scheme, and it has an right. RPG stat sheet that looks super-duper incredibly complicated when you look at it at face value, but as you learn throughout the entire game, that's the, like, only complicated thing you have to look at throughout the whole game and it never <laughs> changes, so it's still kind of, kind of okay in the end. It's it's simpler than it looks. Yeah, exactly. It's, it just, like, it feels like it takes a long time to understand, but once you do, it's like, this is, like, not even nearly as complicated as... Start X L one already there to that new item I picked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I don't know the the first thing that has utterly the most recent thing this week that has utterly confused and confounded me was not right. a video game or video game news. It it was I I want to go into this comment I got. Oh, that's <laughs> or, or rather right. three comments I got on on a video that I made about some shenanigans happening at at, at the Konami company. And, a great video, by the way. Yeah, people people seem to like it, and on a deeper, darker level, I think people needed it. Anyways, journalism. There are these three <laughs> comments, though. Yep. In response to this video about a potential scandal brewing within Konami. 
someone says <laughs> Konami has ties with the US government these days like the oh, rest of the major one. film producers they could have been paid to pull the plug because the MGS games kind of open your eyes to the global network of patriots <laughs> the first time I <laughs> the first time I ever heard of the <laughs> The first time I ever heard of the NWO was playing MGS1 in 1999 or 2000. To which someone else responds, It is scary, but I never heard of biological clones until playing MGS Twin Snakes. Kojima knows too much. You can see how they're trying to make... In <laughs> you can see how they're trying to make NWO a cool thing by WWE NWO. <laughs> if you want to see the true, watch the movie's Stanley Kubrick Eyes Wide Shut. A Space Odyssey <laughs> 2001. He is dead now, supposedly. Michael Hastings is dead too by a car accident, they said. Even the tech used in the MGS games are possible these days. Nanomachines to regulate the body, and codec calls is basically artificial telepathy, making a gnome army is possible as well. Yep. <laughs> like, like, the mother Why? How? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. The fuck am I? What is my life? Yeah. Why am I? How? I am responsible <laughs> for this, you guys. Congratulations, George. You created a video in which someone felt it a a necessary response to at one point in their comments say, making a gnome army is possible. <laughs> mm. I This is mm. what I have done for the world. I have created these three comments. A video yep. that I made has caused e either some children or these deeply disturbed two individuals, or hopefully, like, I can only hope at this point that they're trolls shitposting in the YouTube comment section. Best case scenario is that these are just deliberately idiotic comments on the other right. hand artificial telepathy a phone is that what yeah. you're are you talking about a phone yeah. Yeah. making a gnome army is po oh no the gnome army wwe that's not how that worked right. what in the world how stanley kubrick eyes wide shut what what, what is weird people fucking have to do with the NWO and government mind control and artificial telepathy and gnome armies. Maybe we've come full circle back to the albino black sheep anarchy of the internet. Michael yeah. Hastings, I, everything, everything, the, the, the more you look at this comment, the less sense the entire world makes. Right. Yeah. I, I read I, it and I was just like, oh. Oh. Oh, I, 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 I read it and my, my mind broke. I, I just kind of like fell over in my chair. Oh, 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 NW. Oh, it's like that, that, uh, you, you guys ever watch the ASDF movies, those animations? I, ASDF? No. ASDF movie by, uh, Tomska. Oh yeah, Tomska. They're like little stick figure, like black and white stick figure oh, animations okay, of like just yeah. stupid, stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, there's one of them where just two guys are standing next to each other, and one like hands come out of one guy's mouth and like pull down that guy as like a bodysuit, and there's another guy inside of it. Oh yeah, and then, then he goes. This, oh. Yeah, the second it just zooms on the second guy's face, and he goes, "Oh." That's like my reaction. Just oh, I, I don't under, understand how how you guys can stand idly by when the Metal Gear Solid games have revealed that the WWE NWO. What's like that was a WCW thing. <laughs> We're talking about wrestling I, now. 
Yeah, all yeah, of a sudden we're talking. Then we're talking about Stanley Kubrick. Then we're talking about a space odyssey. And then, I think I think <laughs> the thing that's troubling is that then we're talking about a gnome army. Gnome army. How gnome the hell? Army. If these comments were made in earnest, then how the hell do do they end it on such a perfect note? Like everything yeah. is weird, but then you hit gnome army, and all of a sudden it's like a punchline. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> finely crafted it, uh, it's artisan artisan shit posting i it, are the like this guy wasn't responding to anything i've looked at this channel's youtube history it looks like uh, just some person's youtube account it doesn't look weird it doesn't look like a troll was making this stuff it looks like a actual spontaneous organic conversation erupted between two people on the internet that is the most absolute batshit crazy hilarious insane comedy piece of the century yep that's what happened and, and somehow i i feel responsible this is this is more shocking than than any new developments i have heard about about konami's shady business practices right now that these three comments right here just existing is is it blows it blows open the curtain on the whole conspiracy really and speaking of blowing open the whole curtain on the conspiracy, we got a lot of news to get to, so we'll get back to that right after this break. You promised you'd take me there again someday. James! It's our special place. Silent Hill 2. Rated M for Mature for PlayStation 2 from Konami. Hello, welcome back to the TOVG podcast. Yeah. My name is George Weedman. I'm a super cool dude. Uh, <laughs> great. I, yeah, great. Um, okay, so we're getting into news, right? Past yep. week, what the fuck has been happening this past week? Why? It's so it's so funny. I just I, want I, to pre I, I just want to preempt this first topic with the fact that I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I did listen to it in its entirety because I wanted to see what you guys and Gilly had to say <laughs> about like modding and everything. And I remember you saying, uh, "This is going to die so fast," and it's just so funny that I, this is the first topic. I, I, that's exactly what happened. But like this week, though, like okay, yeah. okay, what did we talk about last week? We talked about an Italian head transplant doctor, right. <laughs> being having his life's work potentially be reframed as a uh, a hoax to promote a stupid video game. Mm-hmm. We we talked about um, Bethesda and Steam launching paid mods. And, yeah. and selling them on the marketplace and the absolutely insane uh, chain of events that sparked off within the mod community itself. Um, and then as the weekend went on, uh, a, a story I was personally involved in covering was the lead up to Konami canceling Metal Gear, bleh, canceling Silent Hills and oh, so um, removing Kojima's name and association with all the Metal Gear products. And yeah. then... All of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, <laughs> Valve and Bethesda just turn it off. 
Yep. They just flip just the gone. switch. They're just like they just raise their arms up and we're like, fuck this. Which yep. which completely negates all of all of the panic and the sadness of last week's podcast was yep. both justified and obsoleted in an instance. Valve has yep. completely backpedaled on on their paid modding plan for Skyrim. They uh said in a blog post that they decided it wasn't the right time to launch this feature, that it wasn't a good idea to put it on on an already established community, which kind of hints that they might try it again at some point in the future, but also... Or try it it sooner with something else. Right. I'm really... Before you go on the tangent, George, I I just want to hear what Jordan and Jimmy have to say about the modding thing. Because you know, once I start... I've seen, like, some people that I follow say some, like, oh, um, people who are complaining about the mods need to get a job and stuff like that. I'm like, oh. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> How does that, like, but yeah. I, I won't, because if I start I, talking, yeah. I won't stop. So let's, yeah, let's. I know, I know. I, I care too much. All right, Jordan, you want to th- go first? I thought then? you meant about Silent Hills. Are we talking about no, the mods? Well, well, yeah, well, we're talking uh, about that, That's mods. up next. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm for that just because, like, it's like using someone else's game as a game making software like I don't know like there should at least be rules to it like laws and of course we don't have enough video game based laws to like really discuss this in a legal sense anyway. Nope. But yeah, you know you guys know what I mean. Like I don't have a very firm opinion on it. I just think it's dumb. Uh I personally think that it's Okay, this is like the same kind of dumb that the Diablo 3 uh, auction house was dumb. It's like, this is not something that is necessary, and I, I agree with, with George from the last week's podcast that, like, if you're gonna do some sort of paid mods thing, first of all, give the modder, like, a little bit more, a, like, humane cut of the money, humane. first of all. Uh-huh. Like, this 25% cut on a thing that you made is actually, like, like, stabbing someone in the face is, like, what Literally. it is. Literally. That's Literally, not even with a metaphor. An actual knife. Um, it's a bad metaphor. It doesn't mean anything. But I'm saying it's it's shitty. Uh, <laughs> like like it was like you're saying like the worst cut that you can get on YouTube if you have like a shady ass network who's like hey come yeah. join our network and we'll give you money is like sixty forty and you get sixty like ugh, this is twenty five seventy five and you get twenty five that's like that's abhorrent that's terrible yeah. with, secondly. Like pay pay what you want models are brilliant for this, and the like the reason that I say like both those things together is that Steam or Valve and Bethesda could either make zero dollars from the mods and have the community just like you know do its thing, or they can open it up and take maybe like, let's say twenty percent. Now they're already making more money. They're already making money at all from something that they weren't making money from before. A lot. Uh, yeah, and, I and, disagree, and, but I won't. I won't say anything. Well, okay, yeah. Like the most money that they would be making from free mods would be people like convincing other people, like, "Oh, buy Skyrim because I found this cool mod. It makes it more fun to play." But like mod now, games. they're making like tangible, continual money flow from people who want to support modders. And it's if it's a pay what you want model then there's going to be that guy who's like, I'm going to give you $800 because I'm rich and I like your mod and I want it to flourish. And there's going to be a bunch of people who give it zero because, you know, that's what they think it's worth. And oh, see, I, I think that's a... I didn't even know the extent of what was happening. Like, I just heard about paid mods and I'm like, that's 
stupid. Like, they shouldn't charge for mods. Yeah, but. like, I, I agree that it's stupid, but if they were to do, if they are to do this, I think a pay-what-you-want model, like a Bandcamp-style model, is the most proper way to do this, in my opinion. And yeah. then you could allow people to put a minimum and a maximum on it, or whatever, so, like, some people who put, most people will probably put a zero as their minimum, or, like, five cents as their minimum or something. I don't know. I think that's the way to go about it. I think it's dumb either way, but I think that's the way to go about it. Yeah. Makes so sense. now you may unleash the floodgates, George. Oh, so the the, the, the I I don't even know where to begin. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll begin by saying that the system they had set up was completely unregulated, uncurated, which meant that it unleashed the floodgates for like unmitigated laissez-faire capitalism to happen in the already incredibly shady Lord of the Flies madness that is the modding community to begin with, especially <laughs> one with like a year's. Uh, uh, with a few years of precedent set to it in, in Skyrim's modding community with established modders who are all building off of each other's works and keep working together with each other's contents and even then like releasing mod compilation packs for free with other modders work has yeah. already caused like massive infighting in the community before what we were seeing last weekend was just like that same thing ramped up to 111 because free mods hosted on the Nexus with no intention of ever making any money whatsoever were being voluntarily shut down and, and taken off by their creators out of fear of other people stealing their work and making money off of it because there were no checks and balances put in place to keep that from happening. And meanwhile, yep. on the same workshop itself, you were seeing all these completely illegitimate, like, joke horse genital mods being sold for $99, <laughs> which is, like, ridiculous. It's, it's also silly. And, you know, you hope no one buys them. But yeah. I don't have much faith in, and this is another big problem, is that I don't have much faith in, in people on Steam not buying shitloads of useless bullshit that, right. like a $99 horse dick. I imagine that a rich person, fuck it, if I was a, a heartless, rich corporate executive and and still had my sense of humor, I would be like, <laughs> $99 horse dick. Now I can say I bought a $99 horse dick. <laughs> yeah. and, and it would arrive the same day I ordered Ego Raptor $700 dragon dildos or something. Like, there are people out there who do absolutely stupid stuff with their money. And yeah. um, there is now, there was a market for that this weekend. And there was also a market for much cheaper stuff, like $6 swords, which were actually more expensive than the game was that weekend. What we had here yeah. was Yes. You know what my favorite my favorite mod that like the joke one that was released over the weekend? Huh. Uh I think you talked about it last week. My favorite one was the like the Half-Life based quest <laughs> that was the joke mod one, that somebody made oh, yeah, but to, then there to kill the guy who gives you that quest in that mod. It was like a five dollar paid mod to kill the quest giver from a two dollar paid mod. Yeah. Just I like, loved. I, I just love that they were like, yeah, you can you can do that mod that they used to like launch the system, or we could just fucking kill that guy and skip the quests. Like that was like the embodiment of like microtransaction to like bypass gameplay, but it was like a microtransaction, can purchase like a two a two quest quest line, and then purchase a thing to make it end immediately. It was a microtransaction to expedite the process of another microtransaction. Yep. <laughs> So the, the microtransactions themselves, though, like as offensive as it is to buy a six dollar sword, there's just like, I don't know if you have a, a more decent job than YouTubing, six dollars is throwaway money. And um, but just for the rest of us, like 
six dollars represents value. <laughs> yeah, Those dollars yeah. have are, are transmutable in, into real goods or services that, right. that I do not feel most of us would think that a, a digital little sword model that you would slap into a game full of many different digital little swords models would would ultimately serve any higher function in the world whatsoever unless of course it were to support the living of the modder themselves and i just cannot imagine people buying that and mm-hmm. i also cannot imagine a modder not charging for it yeah because what what we had there was a situation where there was no reason whatsoever for a modder not to charge for their work because people, some people, a very small set of people will buy this stuff and support it. But at the same time, there's no reason whatsoever for the mainstream consumer who enjoys video games and plays them for the love of it would be able to enjoy this content and play it for the love of it. They would essentially be locked out of what are great experiences, which is how the world works. And and yeah. I hate to like evoke an emotional argument, but that's what killed me the most about it was was that there was modding was at least like one place in the world where buying and selling stuff wasn't everyone's primary concern and yeah. and what happened over this weekend is that all of that got reversed and turned on its head suddenly mods were for sale which meant that mods had in-game advertisements for other mods that mods had to be taken down and go through modding's weird version of red tape of using other modders permission for their mods and their paid mods and yeah. It it was an absolute, absolute mess. And then they just a, a, a petition. I've never seen a change.org petition, which usually don't change things anyway. I've never seen one reach 140,000 signatures before. This was an issue that no one that, that there was unilateral support in the gaming community. It was like everyone against the guy who made Sky UI. And, yeah. and eventually, after like two days, Valve and Beth just threw their arms up in the air and were like, fuck it. Yep, that's pretty much what happened. Yep, that happened around something. the same time. What's that? So we finally so, okay, did okay, something. So like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> c- complaining on the internet actually worked for once. Who'd have thunk it? I, I guess I should be grateful. Like when when the yeah. news happened, I just kind of had to like right blink my eyes and look way. around. <laughs> it, yeah. it was it's such a weird weekend. That same weekend uh we heard Guillermo del Toro say that Silent Hills wasn't going to happen the next morning yeah. Norman Reedus says Silent Hills isn't going to happen later that afternoon Konami says Silent Hills is not going to happen themselves from the yeah. horse's mouth and then i come out with this this video about this absolutely insane um kind of workplace and strategy about Konami just no longer wanting to support expensive console games at all and I just, I don't know. Like Jordan, I know you feel strongly about this. I'm absolutely devastated by, weirdly enough, more by the loss of PT than Silent Hills. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was about to say. Um, see, like, I, I don't generally like franchises. I don't hate franchises, but I don't like Silent Hill as a franchise. So I'm not that upset when a Silent Hill game gets canceled because I like self-containedness when it comes to something like Silent Hill. Like, Resident Evil is a great franchise because it's dumb. It's incredibly dumb, and they can just keep making them, and it's fun, and sometimes it's scary. But Silent Hill is, like, story-based, and I'm already satisfied with Silent Hill. Like, it's a closed book for me. And this is coming from a much bigger Silent Hill fan than a Resident Evil fan. Right. But P.T. not only was self-contained, 
but it was like one of the most beautiful little horror games I've played in a very long time, and they just remove yeah. it because of that little bit at the end where it says Silent Hills coming soon, which yeah. makes they absolutely can't take it down. Oh, they they could and they did, and <laughs> I I am killing myself over this from a historical perspective because this was if if not just a good little itty bitty horror game by itself that was also completely free of charge so i don't i don't get why the hell how much they had to really lose in the long run from taking it off besides continuing on this 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 petty corporate drama bullshit um oh my god i, I this is not helping I, you guys I, I, I um well I, I'm, a, I'm coming from a guy who just never even played uh the silent hill games i i played the first one like way back uh, i still remember a lot of it with you know with the camera and everything but like i'm not really invested into this but i enjoyed pt so much um and i'm not into scary games yeah. I, mean, I joined PT so much that it's kind. I'm kind of sad a little bit when oh, I heard was the news. Good, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I, I was just devastated for it not to come out. Like I understand PT as a standalone game. You know, it's pretty good and all, but I kind of really wanted to see what would have came out of that uh, if well, Silent okay. Hills would have been. You know, there'll be sections like that in in the game. You know, here's my whole deal on this is that like this was one of the rare, like weird and rare moments where they announced a a big, super big triple A game. And the announcement was something that gave people a lot of hope and it was mm-hmm. like very solid and everybody it was universally liked, universally liked by by pretty much everybody. Yeah. And then they say that not only is this made by Kojima, somebody that you all know and love, which people also, have been it's wanting by, to make Silent Hill for a long time. Right. It's also, perfect it's match. being worked on by Guillermo del Toro, which, which is the takes filmmaker it to that the is next level. Right. This is like, <laughs> hey, here's like fucking like, okay, uh, I'm trying to think of, of a musician that no one's going to laugh at me for saying is, is good real quick. But like, <laughs> think of like if, okay, this is a collaboration between, um, uh, all right, uh, Led Zeppelin and Muse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Two huge, amazing, big artists. And then like, a month later, they're like, "Yeah, Led Zeppelin Muse album not happening anymore." Sorry, it was guys. it was too good to be true, and PT yeah. was evidence of that. And what kills me is that PT is an artifact. It will be more interesting to play in the future than the final product of Metal Gear Solid Five because that Metal Gear Solid Five was actually like a completed product that is done and can be put away with. PT. Yeah is a teaser for something that eventually got cancelled and it is a very good, very playable teaser that nails the style of what it was set out to do in the future. It is like tangible proof of concept evidence that this thing that never happened actually happened and that is why it it will be an absolutely priceless historical artifact in the future and now it's gone away forever. (laughs) Forever. If you weren't around for eight months of 2014 and 2015 you will never ever know what the greatest game that never could have been was gonna be and you could have actually played that yourself with your hands and seen it and known it and experienced it and 
it's so disheartening. This is how piracy happens. Like this is why video game archivals projects are such a big deal is because if they I, I don't know come around after completely ignoring pt for 10 years and then come out with like a 20 dollar boxed copy of it in the future what kind of garbage is that yeah if, if they completely forget about it in general what kind of garbage is that like this this thing is important it, it is it's a news. disservice to to horror games and to games in general to remove pt just because Silent Hills is getting canceled. It's like if they if they had never made Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3, would they have just, like, removed all evidence of the first three that came out? <laughs> <laughs> just because there's no prequels? Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's actually funny that I'm so okay with this being canceled, because I have never looked more forward to a game in my life, I don't think. But at yeah, the same I time, was, you know, it's, it's okay for me. As far as horror games go, I stick to indies. Um, yeah. Unless, like, like I, I like Dead Space was like the only AAA horror game I really liked. Um, it's like the only was one. AAA anyway. in the beginning. Uh, well, it's like considered AAA now. I, yeah. I think it was technically. Wow, it well, changed. Okay, it's like it changed. It's like a bigger game. Money. It was console releases. You know how so, people wait, change. Do you really think <laughs> Dead Space One wasn't heavily advertised? Because, because, like, that is the the defining like I, I don't i don't want to argue about what counts as triple a well essentially what i'm saying is that like i tend to sway towards indie horror games i think they're more fascinating and i don't really like yeah, many triple a horror games but after pt i was like i'm gonna play silent hills and now i'm not gonna play silent hills and and that gave <laughs> because it's, like you yeah. said there was so much hope it I, you say I like indie horror games, and I'm over here thinking, do you really have a choice? Even because, like, yeah, what is there true. that Dead Space is done? The Evil Within wasn't very good. What else? Literally two. No, Those are two not. that. I um, yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't think of any other. Mainstream I can't. It's the saddest thing. Never been. I would never great. get into the genre. I, oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I I cut you off, Jordan. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's never been a very good genre, mainstream horror. Like, I've always been attributed to either PC or just indie in general. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes little gyms come out, like, say, uh, Condemned, you know. There's a few good ones out there. I think most people would consider Fear 1 to be a pretty good, like, yeah. a bigger horror game. That, yeah. That was, that was 10 years ago. Oh Silent Hill, for me, Silent Hill is the same as Fatal Frame. Like, it's a closed book. I don't need another Silent Hill. I just really would have liked one that looked amazing. Yeah. yeah. Especially Kojima if making it was the same as that. And, and no, also, <laughs> Hideo Kojima's never made a horror game. Yeah. And Hideo Kojima's spy action games are weird enough as there is. How weird would a Hideo Kojima horror game be? Like, we got... Actually, I take that back. He did make one, and it was called PT, and it's gone away forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am, I am, okay. It, 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 yeah. It looks slightly depressing. Okay. Slightly depressing. That's it's, all I'm it's say. I, I, just, depressing. I just feel like if 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 something like this would have came out and it what it it was good, you know, when it came out, Silent Hills, then it could have paved the way for more people to do better 
when it came down to horror so of this crap that we see um you right. know stuff like alien alien isolation which you know it, oh, it gets yeah. a little crazy near the that. end or whatever but that's that was still a good horror game that was um, also a mainstream like and it was mainstream yeah, I, guess, I, was, I was gonna say like game. aside from alien isolation silent hills is the only like big mainstream promise of a game pretty much propelled by subtlety which we never yeah. get that yeah so you see, you know when one thing is popular, excited. everyone just just throws money everywhere to try to sell copies. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna skip a few news topics and go to an interesting question a fan sent me without without the forum being uh, up and available. Yeah. I got a message from a John H on Facebook uh, talking about how he's been playing Xenoblade Chronicles and how he's been really interested in it. But um, he wants to talk to his friends about it. He can't. He wants to know, how can I discuss games with heavy spoiler content? It's a tough question. Yeah, I know. I don't think it's it's easy to do. I mean, like, honestly, I, my, personally, I think that uh, first-hand experience is one of the strongest things uh, that a game can have. Like, if somebody... If somebody had revealed to me the solutions to all the puzzles in Braid, or had told me about all the mechanics beforehand, Ooh. I would have played that game. I would have been like, "Yeah, this is what I expected," or like, "This is really cool." Like I mm-hmm. like I was told, but like being able to go in and just like, "Oh wow, I can reverse time." Oh wow, I can like. There's like a shadow like copy kind of mechanic in this world and everything, and like learning it firsthand. Discovery was like a big factor of why I liked it. So. I, I have no tips for you on how to talk about a game without spoilers because my, discovery and like learning for yourself is one of the strongest things games have going for them. My method is like spend the first, well, for videos, is spend the first half introducing it to people who haven't heard of it. Tell them there's going to be spoilers, and then the second half of the video, I'll be spoiler talk. That's just generally how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like making so, like, a video. Discussing the thing for people who have already played it is is like a different matter than talking about a thing to people who haven't played it. In which case, I would just kind of recommend don't like let them discover it for themselves. Don't even if you really like this thing and you really want someone else to like it. Don't even tell them how much you like it, because then they'll be like, oh, John Doe said this was his favorite game of the year then that means it all of a sudden has expectations to live up to when you set the bar low. It's like, it's like sounds cynical, but I think this is totally true that if you set the bar low enough for something, it will end up impressing them even more if they don't have, if, if they aren't expecting it to meet any, that level of bar in the first place. Kind of like the Witcher. That's like, (laughs) yeah, that's what ruined the Babadook for a lot of people. (laughs) I I, like the director of The Exorcist was like, the Babadook's the scariest film I've ever seen. And so then a lot of people hated the Babadook. And it's like, before that, people like me really loved it because we found it, you know? And then, of course, there were all these expectations that ruined it. Yeah. We're, we're running out of time. We got a second half of this person's question. And and when he was playing Xenoblade, he was talking about how cool he thought the like underlying social relationship mechanic is. He asks, what is one system in a game you've played that you've thought, why don't more games have this? Well, I, I think you have an answer, George. So why don't you go first <laughs> while we formulate ours? Yeah. Jordan, Matt, either, or, or, no. I've got one. You'll see it. Because okay. I don't want to steal it. Oh, go, oh no, go. no, no. Uh, 
the uh, the battle system in Kingdom Hearts. I, I don't like Kingdom Hearts, but RPGs, especially <laughs> Final Fantasy, I'm amazed they haven't caught up to making RPGs fun the way the Kingdom Matt, Hearts Matt did. Matt wants to fight. <laughs> oh. Is, is it? Well, because it's like, it's quasi real time. It's it's real time with the menu. It's uh, yeah, true. But still, it's never fun. I mean, for me, that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I, I'm amazed I, why I don't RPGs play haven't RPGs. done it. I yeah. really liked, this is really obscure, there's a Fallout 3 mod compilation called Fallout 3 Wanderers Edition, and one of the features it adds is a motorcycle that activates fast travel, and the only way you can use fast travel after having this mod installed is by feeding currency into this motorcycle, and it then teleports you and the motorcycle to your destination. And I feel like all of the Bethesda RPGs from Oblivion Sins have had an absolutely terrible fast travel system, and that um, Morrowind's fast travel system was like better but not enough, and that you mm-hmm. pay tolls to uh, teleport from s- subway stations is the uh, analog I like to use, the analogy. But in Fallout 3 Wanderers Edition, you aren't bound to those. You have a vehicle, but you don't. You have to like sit through the process of holding W until you get to your destination. You actually teleport in a timely manner, but you still have to make an investment in it by feeding uh, kind of clutter items in the world into it. It gave those clutter items context and usability. It made the whole world, as a result, feel much more alive just because this motorcycle wanted spare parts and fuel, which was already littered all around the Fallout 3 <laughs> game to begin with, but all of a sudden all that trash had a purpose. It was beautiful. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. I know I liked a lot of stuff in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, that I haven't seen in games since. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I mean, maybe I'm just not playing the right games. I mean, like, for example, I think this is one that's a little more standard to tactical RPGs. So maybe I need to play more of those. But I liked that uh, all of these skills that your your characters and your different classes could learn were based off of the armor and the weapons that they could hold. And they had to use that armor or that weapon in a certain amount of battles before they could learn the thing. And so, like, oh, so they didn't immediately know like everything in the beginning. They had to learn, right? Like, like for example, if I wanted a thief that could steal gill, weapon, armor, uh, I don't know, item or whatever. Like, if I wanted him to have all four of those things, then I would have to give him the four different knives that teach him those abilities, and then use him for X amount <laughs> of battles with each knife to give it experience points with that knife. For him to master the ability, so he he can have it what, even when he's not holding that knife. So it's really micromanagement like and grinding that serves a kind of cool purpose. Well, like <laughs> the thing is, it's not grinding because you have to do all the missions. Like you're not just sitting there like going out for like random encounters to level this up. You'll all your characters will have like a full rounded set of abilities by the time you you know just by progressing through the story because you play enough of the story like. Some of them take only 100 experience points, others take 300, or like there's these really like powerful abilities that take 999, but the weapon that you use isn't like, it's not like up to par with other weapons, so you kind of have to like deal with this kind of not as good weapon while you get this like freaking amazing ability. And I don't know, I don't really, I really like that. I think I thought it was very cool. Uh, Matt, do you got one? Got anything? Pokemon. Um, um, I'm broken from 
from uh, Jordan's comment. Um, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. Like, I guess. I guess one that recently comes to mind is when I was playing The Witcher Two. Is there? I like when games break up. The, you know, like it has a set gameplay. You do this. You do that. Right. But then they have these mm-hmm. sections where they kind of turn it on its head and they make you go into a different character or they or you know your character is doing something that normally you could not be doing kind of like at the end of sonic 2 when you turn into supersonic or whatever i mean you know stuff like that like i like those weird things but all around the game so it kind of changes up constantly kind of keeps you on your so it feels of- versatile yeah, not just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go into this and I'm doing the same thing I always do. You know, there's always something mm-hmm. new around the corner. And I think it kind of keeps it nice and fresh instead of, you know, you just getting kind of drawn out like a, a, a horn just constantly beaming in your ear. <laughs> a vivid metaphor for a yeah. vivid podcast. Yeah. Mm. Right when Matt started doing that, everybody who was listening to the podcast checked their phones. <laughs> <laughs> Including you, right? Well, well, no, I, I, I knew, I knew. Well, well our, our wonderful <laughs> listeners are checking their phones and completely breaking the rift between their the world outside of them and the intense concentration I'm sure they have had for the past 90 minutes <laughs> on this podcast. It, that, would, that would probably be a good opportunity to finally, finally uh, pass through the rift and make the journey outside and, and go back to your life now that you have finished uh, uh, consuming your weekly Tavga cast. Tavga. Where are you with this? Uh, we're we're going to wrap up. We're, we're oh, running okay. out of time here. And, and we all, we all got to return to our lives eventually. I need lives? to turn the AC back on because... God damn it. I, I even <laughs> hear that. And Matt was like, lives? We <laughs> <laughs> don't have lives. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Alright, well yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna go go home now. But yep. uh, until then, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes. Like I know everyone does every single week. Um yep. share us around, enjoy us, love us. Uh, and, and and bring us home to your families and your pets. <laughs> Where are you going with this, Stop. George? Whoa. Yeah, I know, I know, right? I know. Uh, but anyways, I think, I think what you mean to say is, have a great week, everybody. Have a great we'll week. See you next time. We will see you next time. Bye. 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 Goodbye.